0: You're listening to The Big Cast, your source for the latest in financial technology. Brought to you weekly by The Best Innovation Group, with your hosts, John Best and Glenn Servati.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another very special edition of The Big Cast. My name is John Best. I am the CEO of Best Innovation Group, and we like to do cool things for credit unions. And I have just a pile of my friends with me today, and it's oh. our annual... I believe, uh, Christmas prediction episode top and top stories, top stories, top, I think
2: top stories, top stories. That's come right. Back with predictions if, uh, if oh, Tri-
1: I got tons if, of predictions about these top stories. So, right. so let's just go through. I believe the first person we just heard is Glenn Sarvati. Hey, Glenn. How you doing? He's the principal investor at 420 Cannabis Stores and uh, get your cannabis wherever you need it. Right, Glenn? Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> He's given up. He's just going
2: totally given up at this point.
1: <laughs> and and leg of thrive. Hi, Ann.
0: Hey there. How's it all going?
1: It's all going so well now that Glenn's given up. I've broken his spirit. And John <laughs> Jankley. John Jankley is the uh, author, publisher, uh, CEO of of uh, Nimbus, and just Renaissance man is with us.
3: Hey man, hey everybody! And, and you forgot to add stall mucker. I'm a, I'm a mucker.
1: You're a horseman. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're one of the, you're one of the, well, not the four horsemen, I hope. But, anyways, so, I believe what we're going to do here is talk about like the most intriguing stories of 2023, which there were just a ton. And I, am going to kick it off. Uh, Can I
2: ask first? I'm just curious. I, I, I kind of bounced this idea off everybody beforehand. Is it just me? It feels to me like this was, from a fintech and banking standpoint, the busiest and biggest news year since the Great Recession. At least my list looks that way. Does anybody else agree with me or am I kind of going a little bit overboard?
0: You know know what, Glenn? To me, I keep looking that every time I kept checking my list as well, I was like, that was this year? That wasn't the last
2: year? Yeah, I felt the same way.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think that I think things blended together uh, definitely for this year. But I also think that the reason I think it seems so, um, there seems to be so many stories, is because AI crept into everything. Boom. And I think that's what causes you know us to have a whole lot of stories, uh, you know, around there because they're all sort of uh, you know making their way through this. So. That's, that's kind of my thought process.
2: Is is that your first, uh, your first big headline?
1: It is, you know, I think, I think you can go back the first big, big headline, uh, uh, you know, of the year is, uh, the release of, you know, I'm going to go with chat GPT reaches a hundred million faster than any product ever has. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, you almost have to, you know, you, you have to tip your hat to that, um, because one, it's such a computational hog um, that you know that you, I was surprised that they they move so quick in so many product categories. If you look at what they've done over the span of the year, they went from a free service to uh, a service now like within months with a subscription. That subscription, you know, reached a um, hundred million faster than anything else, and you know we're including like television and radio and all kinds of stuff. You know, because people have had to buy the devices. And then the proliferation of uh, you know AI into other products and services, the AI race that it kicked off. I mean, who would have said that uh, an upstart like OpenAI would have uh, bumped off someone like uh, Google, who was really up until I want to say you know third quarter twenty twenty two considered the leader in this space. And if you remember, there was a big uh, ker- kerfuffle about one of their engineers who believed that the AI had become sentient. And yeah. was his girlfriend? Maybe not. I don't know about the girlfriend thing. I'm just making that up. But, um, and they had to let him go when he tried to get a lawyer for the entity, which now they just announced they're releasing as Gemini.
3: Right. Wow.
1: I'm assuming there'll be other horoscope signs to come.
3: <laughs> well, what does this group think about it? Where are we in the hype cycle with this? Are we oh, the- it's going
1: fast. It's moving like through that hype cycle so quick, you know? It's-
0: Okay, but- it, John, let me let me circle back on something you said because it, it, it's something that I think we see. Not only is it like one product hype cycle, but it is the ripple hype cycle. Because you're right, it's not just this one product; it is all the other products that are now infusing it, and then their products are infusing it, and then new products being made, and that um, you know network effect, if you will. That overall hype cycle just feels like we're constantly living in kind of a boomerang or or an impact zone of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know if you watched um, a town hall I did about, uh, I think it was this month. And I opened it up with a video of myself introducing the town hall. And honestly, for two minutes of video I uploaded to to give it training, you wouldn't have known. It's pretty mind-blowing how well it worked. And you couldn't do that a month before, which kind of leads me to this you know generally, the hype cycle is always about you know you reach the top of this uh, peak of inflated expectations and then you run through this you know trial mm-hmm. of disillusionment and I think we're I think we're kind of headed down that trial a little bit because of people are starting to realize that the thirty two k is a limitation um and that data labeling and what it's going to take to do their own stuff is a bit of work. But I also think that um We're moving through the whole cycle, you know, all the way through it, John, really quickly. Like, it's like everything else with this particular technology. It's moving through all these things so fast, you know.
2: To me, even the trough of disillusionment looks a little different than other ones, because usually it's like, oh, it really wasn't that big a deal in the first place or something. And now Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's questioning what a big deal it is. It's like, as you say, either, well, it's a little slow on the operating side, unless you have a lot of horsepower or... Gee, this could be pretty dangerous, but it's not like oh, who cares? Which is usually maybe. to me what the to me what usually the disillusionment winds up kind of yeah. getting over it. I haven't seen any getting when, over it,
3: Glenn. Maybe it's not just one curve that we're looking at one curve and then another and another and like waves of curves based on this this technology.
2: Yes. Like I think
3: AI is going to be used for doing
2: branding. That's that's a really good point because it kind of it it spawned already into like four or five, as Ann said, different products. Maybe they each have their own cycle.
0: well and and think of it as different verticals you know we're already seeing it in healthcare. we're seeing it in like you said um absolutely advertising and creative i mean heck that was the writer's strike part of it and the actor's strike i mean it it's and that and to john going back to your point that is 12 months
2: and not only not only verticals but you've got it on the top line and on the expense side and people pursuing on both sides there too I mean, there's just you know, um, almost.
1: Interesting- can I add my, my other top story that I think really blends into this? Hit it. You know, I think T. Swift getting person of the year. Um, you know, I just you guys are all taking me.
2: I'm, I'm actually I've been kind of holding off because I don't want to give the person any credit. There was an article that was posted on CNN complaining about how Sam Altman should have been the person of the year rather than Taylor
1: Swift. I kind of was. That's where I was going. Did you see that article? I didn't see the article. I'm just giving my own credit to it. I just was kind of thinking as something uh, Ann said sparked me. I was like, you know, she's right. I mean, my goodness. Why? Why? And then he gets fired and comes back. It's all the hallmarks of a perfect person of the year for time, you know,
2: I just and a half
1: villain, half not villain, you know.
2: I would have a hard time arguing against that. I just found the, it was kind of done as an opinion piece. And I found it, frankly, offensive more because it didn't really spend the majority of its time building up San Altman. It spent most of its time tearing down Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. Made no sense to me. Well,
3: my question everybody is, then, then who should have been on the list? Give me the name. Who is it? If it wasn't
1: Taylor Swift. Altman. Uh, Altman. Okay. Altman and, and possibly... Um... You know, I hate to say it, but if you're looking for someone that sort of reverberated through the year and did a hand it had a hand in open AI is Elon.
2: Yeah. And they've and they've always been pretty clear. that it, it wasn't supposed to be somebody that we were, you know, right. celebrating as the best person. We the most impactful person is kind of or chat GPT could have
1: been person of the year the same way, or at least entity of the year.
2: Yeah. The way the personal computer was back in whatever that was 84 85. Yes.
1: Yeah. When they, when they, I think it was, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's mine. So let's, let's go on. Let's uh, let's move on to Ann.
0: Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to take something that, yes, we're all going to be unfolding AI into this, but I knew you would, John. So I backed away and did a slight pivot.
1: I knew you did. I knew you would do that. That's why I'm going to you next. I knew Glenn would step all over me, steal all my stuff, just like he always does when he gets his cannabis going. It's hard not to. So yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna do the, the intersection of data and um, FinTech, and I can't believe it was just this year, but... Apple's deposit product. And let's roll this all together. Wow. Apple does that right. Apple goes out and gets the credit card a couple years ago. And oh, you know what they're doing is they're looking at all that gorgeous data on your purchase and your spend behavior because they now have the finger on your financial pulse. They had all this other great data about what you purchase and why you purchase and the phone and everything else. But now they take it and they drive it all the way down and they're like, you need deposits. And boom, no surprise how they got so quickly to reach 10 billion. And it is an amazing example of—I'm sure they used AI, but also taking all that data and infusing it into delivering a product exactly when the market and knowing your market and just watching it land perfectly.
1: It really was. I'm You're blown right. away.
2: I'm blown away because it wasn't on my list purely because I totally forgot that was this year. It feels like it's been around for so long right
1: you're saying Dan. i i completely agree i think um and i love your perspective on it because it and and glenn just really really fired that home which is a really good product that exists in the fintech world should be transparent to you Mm -hmm. and you know if it lands just right it'll be transparent it's just another tool in your toolbox it's no different than you know, uh, anything else that you have where that you use it on a daily basis. And um, I think Glenn just kind of actually made your point for you.
0: (laughs) Exactly. The fact that we all just kind of forgot about it. And when I was looking through and saw that, it just it just hit me. I'm like, this is the perfect example of what we've all been talking about, of how do we how do we use data? How do we how do we use finances and how do we help, you know, all of, converging all of that together with technology and boom they did it and we forgot about it cuz it was so
2: easy
1: <laughs> yeah if you don't yeah, mind, I agree Tom. i think that's a great one I, I i really do because you know um everybody speculated up until this final release that they did that apple was going to be a bank and here we are and they they didn't they've never what they've done is they figured out how to be a be get the good parts of a bank without ever being a bank
2: yeah mm-hmm. If, if you don't mind, John, I think mine feeds off of that pretty nicely, so let me jump in. I, I actually, do
1: mind, because John Jankley has paid me a lot of money to be next, <laughs> and no, that's fine. You could go.
3: I, well, if, it, if, if it flows better, Glenn, let's go with you. We'll come back to me next.
2: Sure. And 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 the other kind of follow-on to yours as well that I didn't think of is this whole story of Goldman Sachs getting out of the retail space. You know, I was, yep.
0: In that. Yep, Exactly. But the Thank thing you.
2: I was thinking of, and again, like you mentioned, you know the product at the right time, and another one of those that you can kind of forget about because it feels like it was so long ago, was the liquidity crisis in Silicon Valley Bank. And oh. all of that chaos back in March, which was all driven by something that everyone took for granted for probably over a decade, just mm-hmm. deposits. And Mm -hmm. suddenly deposits became really hot stuff. I started hearing like rumblings that people were thinking about that in Q4 last year, but it all came on real heavy. And, And then you had, you know, a couple of other failures and a whole bunch of other folks like Charles Schwab who got like equivalent of bank runs that they managed to weather the storm. But everybody's like, well, wait a second. If everybody takes their money out, then they're going to be in trouble too. And this is another one that I think the Federal Reserve did a really good job of kind of calming people down. And the other thing that, you know, tying it back to fintech as well is all of these products that have always been pretty good at doing things like gathering deposits, but nobody really thought that much about it and valued that aspect of them. So they didn't market them that way. Suddenly, by the second half of this year, when I'm seeing people doing demos, they're focusing on deposit retention, and uh, retention and attraction of deposits and some of that might have been you know new functionality but most of it was there all along but just hadn't been the the selling point
3: yeah and the need for deposits is evolved into another conversation you're beginning to hear it more and more about a quality member or customer right yeah yeah we need deposits but there's other things we need too as we go through time this has to be our love affair of the moment we need deposits Um, Mm -hmm. but what about low-cost deposits what about sticky deposits what about you know, that's a customer profile and type. Like, hmm, I'm gonna get back to some of that fundamental rather than just any any deposit will do. You know,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, because without a relationship, uh, a deposit isn't gonna be useful in terms of you know yeah. uh, creating uh, the sort of you know product and services that you need to 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 round out the organization. And I think we've proven that over and over again. So yeah, I think that there's a big difference between Finding deposits and and finding a quality member. And you know, I remember, John, you probably remember this too, where we used to really measure what was it, the number of product per household when we were householding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And I do think that there's some there's still some realization around that to, to come.
0: Okay. I'm going to take that and drive that back into the whole less defined member engagement. Right. What does that exactly mean? Is that as to your point? Is it products and services? But is it also how much time do they spend on your app? What are they doing on your app? What are they doing with the other information that they have? It becomes this whole discussion about member experience as well as relationship to institution. And I think that's where we're seeing you know literally ai coming in and understanding these segments of one per se as well as understanding you know feeding that data machine with how do i understand and then how do i turn that that insight into action and i think we're we're beginning to really be on the cusp of some pretty cool innovation
1: i agree
3: you know all right did, john Oh, we tell just us. did some research with filing uh, about small business banking and just how much it's changed what you think it is and you know for example uh, what is it? Four out of five folks are sole proprietors. That blew my mind. And that's your point. That is
1: crazy. You're right. That is crazy.
3: They, they, they want, they want services, right? They want help with invoicing. They want help with, you know, expense folders. They want like of running of their business that goes beyond just the product. And the other cool part about the research. So the money centers have half market share on this Mm -hmm. and half of their customers are saying, and we're ready to leave right cuz you're not tending to these other needs or jobs to be done and that's like oh good good opening for credit unions that only have 10% market share today there we go i like that
2: was right this on. something was this something you showed uh, at big bright minds last week or is this uh, coming out you know more yeah
3: yeah we did two pieces of research the first one which is just kind of you know the landscape you know what it looks like and how it's evolved and changed and the second piece is so what can we do about it and we interviewed a whole bunch of credit unions those that are actually in the business and are frustrated, and those would like to get in the business, and there's different considerations. So um, that research will be out in about another week or so. But it's it's fun to revisit things you think you know, and it's like you know, you taking another look at it, and that blew my mind. Do you know that there's five million influencers that make over fifty thousand dollars a year? Five billion?
2: Yeah. Yeah. What? So
1: just I mean, to... Glenn, you make that much?
2: Oh yeah, you know, but I'm special. I'm I'm different. Yeah. I remember this- go look at the data. It'll give you
0: gold. Exactly. And then it also tells you about, are we going to be able to see new products and services coming from these demands and coming from these insights, right? Like you said, you can step into this and, and do some amazing things that they just simply need to retool. Now that is a just and a simply put together, which means it's not. I
1: love it. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, John, did you, did, uh, was that what you were going to bring up or did you have a different story? Well,
3: that was just, that was just some, some, some bonus stuff. No, uh, some, one- co- some
1: icings, just some, <laughs> some flavoring. I like um, it. Yeah. Give us, give us the real deal.
3: On, on last year's show, we talked about the employee and how things are changing for the employee, right on the backside of COVID. And we thought we were kind of settling into this work from home kind of thing. And, that mm-hmm. would be good, and I was just reading some research that said 42% employees percent of employees are saying, I could be on the move this year. I'm actually open to changing organizations. I feel more portable in a virtual world, and um, mm-hmm. you know what? They're thinking that. 42%, that blew my mind. That that many folks would be thinking about making a
0: move.
1: Yeah, well, especially when when you look into, I mean, from what I'm hearing on the ground is, it's a struggle to find employees.
0: Exactly exactly and and it's employees of all ranges and you know one story that i i think kind of circles all of these comments was you know they there's a credit union that's hiring and it's even a frontline employee they make them an offer and the on a friday the, the employee the potential employee comes back on saturday and says hey um i'm already getting other offers can you give me more the credit union kind of oh, it doesn't want to but is is just needs that employee says yes and then by Monday, they say, sorry, I got a better offer. Thanks, but no thanks. And wow. the credit union is just sitting there going, I don't even know what to do.
1: We've and, been talking about this top talent issue for right. as long as I've had this podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And it's a long time. And, we're, and, and I think some of those chickens are coming on to roost, which by the way, and you know, I bet a horseman would know this. I watched a video the other day and this lady walks out and she's feeding her chickens and they all freeze. Like they literally, one of them in mid step, they don't move a muscle. I didn't know chickens did that. All of them, like six or seven of them, just wherever they were done, not moving. And it turned out there was a hawk in the roof, but um, I okay, digress.
3: There's, there's a predator around. Okay.
1: Yeah. I didn't know they freeze like that though. That freaked me wait, out. Wait,
0: wait, is that kind of like the credit union sometimes with technology?
1: <laughs> yeah, the same exact thing. It's uh, a, it, it really reminded me of a group of board members. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um,
0: so am I. So am I. We have some wonderful adopters. Yes, we saying. do. <laughs> All
1: right. So Glenn, you, you went already, so I'll go. I
2: think it's your turn. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. So here's my second one. This year, we've had three high profile uh, shakedowns in the crypto community. Um, we had Duquan, Quan, which was Terra Luna, which was sort of the beginning of this. Uh, uh, he was a, a South Korean um, entrepreneur and he started that crypto exchange. Uh, we also had um, our friend Sam Bankman Freed, uh, mm-hmm. who is now experiencing jail uh, mm-hmm. in a new way. Uh, and he was an interesting one because you know f t x was a really highly regarded platform for a long time. This guy was giving money to all kinds of stuff. He was very, very altruistic. I guess you know it's easy to do when you're sort of printing it between your two companies. Um I guess maybe he he thought maybe all of his altruism would help him out, but it didn't and then the surprise one and this one did surprise me because um, I got to meet this guy out in um out in uh Saudi Arabia when I was at their tech conference uh earlier uh last year, uh, which is uh Chengpin Zhao, otherwise known as C Z, and he is the Chinese Canadian boss of Binance. And this just happened just recently. So we've had an interesting shakedown in the crypto world, specifically um uh you know regarding regulation, I think is one big thing which we knew would come. But also I think we're I you guys have heard me mention this before, but remember I've said we were in the Napster issue, you know, era. Yeah. And if you think about Napster and and all the people they had to weed out that, you know, just went to a garage sale. I remember Glenn, you know, he had, the, what was it called? The Glenster. He just went <laughs> to a garage sale. He bought like 100 CDs and ripped them all and put them up on his site. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of folks that I think were shaken out of the crypto world right now. And my hope is, is it's going to leave behind the real players and we can get to work because I think there's a strong intersection between validity of data and uh, the, the blockchain itself with regard to, you know, AI. So that's my other big story of the year is watching all these really and almost going slightly unnoticed in some ways because of AI eclipsed the story with everything. These would have been huge stories. I mean in December of 2021, we did this same thing. And I went back and looked and, you know, it was what 70 grand was Bitcoin, which by the way, Bitcoin has not fallen. You know, the, 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 what is it you say? The, uh, the stories of my demise or, um, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin is, is still here. As I said, it would be, and it's uh, gone up really, uh, in some cases in the last bit. Um, it was, or it's gone down a bit in the last few days, but, um, and then the big one's been Ethereum because Ethereum's other story was that they've gotten SEC approval. Um, and you know, for um, what is it they're gonna do? Uh not an ETF, but similar. Um what's that?
0: Yes, no, they're they're thinking about doing it in a um a traded fund that you can yeah, put in them. as yep. a, as
1: a traded fund. And yeah, that climbed 10%. So I don't know.
2: But what I hear here, which I find, you know, kind of tying back to the other stuff, you can talk about the trough of disillusionment. I mean, that's what you really hit. And, and like you say, because of that, I think people are still kind of in the trough. You know, Bitcoin has actually doubled, more than doubled in price this year. Yeah. You, know, if, if, you, you, you had that, like you say, if you measure it against 70,000, which is a very brief peak, it's still down and it's still painful. But I mean, if you take any kind of a longer view it's performing like most of the regular equity markets. And it was, I think, probably no coincidence that Bitcoin kind of reached another kind of high over the last few years, the same time that gold hit a high. It seems to be hitting, you know, kind of that alternative investment, you know, kind of commodity state yet again. And, you know, trough, you know again, I, well, time will tell, but I think that trough of disillusionment kind of analogy or, you know, trajectory applies yet again.
0: I'd like to hit on something that's that, you know, John, and I'd love to get your feedback on this as well. When you think about, you know, crypto, you know, you mentioned the blockchain, right? And the blockchain is something that that the technology has such variety of applications, right? You know, you've got the smart contracts, you've got, you know, obviously just transactions. I mean, basically you've got DeFi and what do you think is gonna happen? as you think about that and you think about where we're going to go in the next couple years, especially with AI.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because Glenn and I were having a conversation about this this morning regarding Argentina and the dollarization of Argentina. Right. And as I was speaking to Glenn via text, it occurred to me that Venezuela, mm-hmm. I believe was the one that tri- that either did or will adopt Bitcoin as their currency. And I just thought, you know, the DAO, with respect to uh, self-sort of governed financial markets, is a very interesting concept, mm-hmm. and it. I, I think it wasn't possible because of the contract issues that were related. If you remember, there was a big hack on the DAO yeah. um, not too long ago, and what it was is it wasn't really a hack. Somebody read through the contract, which is basically software. They found a bug in the software. They took all the money overnight. It was basically you know, one for you, six for me until it was gone. And then they said a note and said, thank you. This was great. Best contract I ever entered into. <laughs> um, I think to the extent that uh, that can be rectified, that there is a future there. Um, particularly, I think for uh, maybe even sort of a, and this is a wild outside thought and everybody's going to make fun of me, but imagine sort of a a a stock market that was sort of self uh regulating in a way mm-hmm. and and not only that but it was self regulating via sort of voting and mechanisms like that think wall street bets but again wall street bets sort of being the napster version and a better version that is more safety more financial health centered i think there could be something there if that's where you were going yes. and i kind of had that thought this morning with regard to argentina Right.
2: Before, right. We get, before we get too many notes, I just want to, I, I did a quick look because I didn't think it was Venezuela. It was El Salvador that actually oh. went.
1: El Salvador. They were the Great ones. band.
3: <laughs> we, yeah. They were the ones that adopted Bitcoin. Is, is there an exchange that settles on the blockchain? Is Portugal the first one?
1: I think Portugal might be, now that I think about it, I think you're right because they put a bunch of stuff. It's sort of Mexico to head that way, but they didn't get there yet. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Exactly. And where where it all may lie, I guess, is kind of of, I guess is where I'm very curious because it's it is it has such a potential of impact.
1: Yeah, I I think it does. I think that I think there's a convergence of technology about to happen. I think Mm -hmm. um, AI combined with uh, I don't know if anybody saw the 60 Minutes interview on uh, Quantum this past weekend, but we should post a link to that, too. I think uh, much like AI surprised us in 2023, I think quantum might surprise us in 2025. Hmm. It's going to be a a similar discussion with quantum computing. Um, And the convergence of that plus blockchain will create, finally, it'll overcome a lot of the security issues. Um, It'll create more. Don't get me wrong. It'll create all new ones, but it'll, if you can... If you can, uh, if you can factor the world's largest numbers with a quantum computer, then you certainly can create the world's most unbreakable encryption with it as well.
3: You know, also on sixty minutes was the interview with Djokovic. I don't know if you guys listened to that, and I thought his take on being a champion was really interesting. And you could say, you know, being a leader can kind of be that way if you want to play at the highest levels. And what he talked about is he rehearses failure in his head and how to put it to bed. And then move on to the next shot. Mm. Like, I thought, what a good way to think about it, right? Just saying it will happen. It is inevitable when you try to, you know, reach the highest levels and just practicing the mindset and the practice of that's okay. Pick yourself up, learn, go again. You know,
1: I thought, wow. Did you ever see Joe Montana speak? He talks about that. Like, hey, yeah. I, I, I walk through what I'm going to do with an interception. Yeah.
3: right. The other thing that he talked about, and I promise is related to business, is they say, "What? How big is the the shot area that you go for?" He goes, "The size of a dime." Mm. Wow! Talk about even say laser focus, like what I think I'm about to do. And if I get anything outside of it, I'm going to be happy with those results. But I'm shooting for that. I was like, "Wow, "Wow! What a great business analogy."
0: Well, okay, but you know, let's let's tie that all back in. You know, that talks a little bit about what is really mission critical about, let's say, a credit union and their growth strategies and deposits and AI, right? You can't take it all. You just can't. It's too much. But if you take it in small, like you just said, laser focus and say, what's really important? Well, hey, if I can figure out how to get um, efficiency or productivity increased in my credit union, that will help with resolution, member engagement, and other pieces. But also, maybe it helps me create new products and services that I haven't thought about yet. And that's something that that itself is large. But even going, you know, very focused, keeping how do how do credit union leaders stay focused on what's important? I think is my my point. Um, especially since there's so much being thrown at them.
3: Well, I like the idea of the granularity of growth, right? That you can pick something like that, really understand it, strategize, go for it. That builds momentum to the next. I I just, I really like that idea. And then rather than trying to move the whole credit union to go do use what AI, the whole credit, union, no, really let's start chunking it down. That's what I mean by the granularity. It's like, and that's the challenge, man. You get to choose and there's so much to choose from, but you get to choose. Yeah. Well, there's even
1: another opportunity, which is collaborative granularity of growth. Hey, you guys go do this. We'll do that. And you do this. And we'll all come back together and share results, which is what the innovation club is for. So
0: exactly, which goes to the whole collaboration. And I think that's the part that we're going to see more of next year. Mm -hmm. We just by default, if we're, if we're those who want to succeed and those who want to lead are going to have to look and figure out how to collaborate and partner better and faster. And I think in some cases in that very granular um, way to succeed.
3: I think there's some wonderful examples out there too, to say, and actually it's working. You can see it. You know, I think we should be more optimistic about, you know, things like the circle fund or, you know, CUNA's venture group. And it's like, they've been out there long enough where there's been some wins out of the portfolio. And it's like, okay, these new strategies are out there and some of them are proving out, you know, it's like, good for us. Well,
1: exactly. And, and there'll be new challenges, um, you know, uh, when we get to the predictive episode, I'm going to tell you what I think AI is going to do next year. And not all of it's good, you know. Um, so let's keep going. We got about five minutes left here, and in, in keeping with this nice short format, uh, and was Am? Did you have something else you wanted to throw in there, or do we move on to John?
0: No, I think I kind of, th- I think I rolled that all up. Um, one of the things I
1: think you did a great job of rolling that all up.
0: Thank you. And that was that was exactly where I was going with it. Was kind of landing on that whole collaboration and partnership. So no, I think. I think I mean, the only other thing, if we want to talk about it, would be the, just the amazingness that's happened in payments this year. There's been a lot of activity. Um, I'm not going to say FedNow was like super exciting, but as a sleeper, it got us all talking about it and getting, getting many people to move forward on it.
2: So That's, that's amazing, because I was actually going to say that I, the, the FedNow is the next one I was going to mention, and I was going to use the term sleeper, because- <laughs> It didn't change, the world, didn't change the world this year, but it unfroze the market and it really becomes, it lays the groundwork like for those this, whole chickens. Notion, this whole notion of embedded finance. Yes. And I think, yes. that's, I, I think it's, it's a long game. I think there's no question. I mean, I'm not even sure that even by the end of 2024, we're going to be like, I don't think we're going to be talking about it the way we're talking about ChatGPT today, but I think yeah. we're going to be much further down the path. And it's, you know, I think the, the trajectory is clear. Yes.
3: Something when you said it unfroze the market. What, what did it unfreeze in your mind?
2: It, what it unfroze. I mean, the, you know, there's a lot of talk of this—the new first new set of rails we've launched in you know X number of years. Which, yeah, kind of. But the clearinghouse did put out RTP, real time payments, mm-hmm. uh, and that's been out for seven years, and they've got decent traction. But the belief is that uh, on the part of many people, including the clearinghouse, much to their chagrin, was when the Fed said, "Oh yeah, we're going to get into this too." people kind of decided to wait and see. And now oh. we've actually got them both out there. And I think what we're finding is a lot like the ACH, that they both have networks and it's going to be peaceful coexistence. It's not exactly the same because they're not perfectly interoperable and compatible, but the middleware layer is winding up, kind of taking care of that aspect of it for the world.
1: You know, I've I've always thought that all of these things are going to create this market eventually where there's a sort of... Um, a platform that's sort of before all this stuff that says, okay, here are your three or four services. You have Zelle, you have Vmo, you have this, you have that, you have FedNow, you have these capabilities within these financial institutions. What are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to get money to somebody. Okay, how quickly do you need to get there? Well, I need to get there. You know, I'm okay with it taking a week. Okay, and then we'll use this. Or I need to get there now, but they're out of the country. Okay, then you're gonna have to use this. I think that there's something, another shoe to fall. I think we're developing all the ingredients, but no one's baked the cake yet. You can write that down if you want. I will, like fine. it. I like
3: that. Yeah. <laughs> just have a flashback to being at the FedEx store with all those questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, isn't it the, almost the same thing, right? I mean, yeah. and that's what the that's what the UPS store, or the FedEx store does for you, right? Is yeah. oh well, and there's some guy who's got access to a computer that goes, well, if we did it this way, but I can't, you know, get through customs, and, and you could think almost the same thing with regulatory issues. You know, I think. I'm still fascinated by the whole uh PayPal, is it a friend or a business thing, you know? Right. Um, that's a whole nother discussion. So let's go on to John. John, I think you're gonna close us out, man. Yeah.
3: Oh gosh, I think we should all go around and maybe just say what we're optimistic about. Oh,
1: lightning rounds?
3: Yeah, maybe there's reason to be optimistic because. Okay. Uh, for me, in the space that I live, the fintech space is uh, everyone has kind of made adjustments to what you need to do, to not be so top line focused and kind of balance out to the bottom line. And you have probably secured your Series C or D round, so you're often running towards that goal. And I'm just curious about all the bets that everyone made. Were those good bets or not good bets in order to try to do the tricky drug, double dribble of top line and bottom line at the same time? So I, I'm, I'm optimistic it's going to work out okay, but I'm I still also kind of want to know the the answer by the time we get the end of next year and what it's done to done to the business.
0: All right, I'm going to quickly dovetail on that one. And that is, I am exceptionally excited. So I think that might be one click above optimistic on um, collaboration partnerships. There's mm-hmm. so much that's out there that I see credit unions now seeing the value and whether or not it's a fractional relationship or just that slice, but also working together with other credit unions and possibly in a QSO model and possibly not, that I'm seeing the fintechs, I'm seeing the... Corral of fintechs and QSOs and credit unions all coming together to actually do things, and that I'm excited about.
2: I'm going to dovetail on that as well. I think that to me, and kind of more with what you were saying, John, it is increasingly likely that we have managed to navigate a soft landing. Okay. I think it's going to wow. make the fact that you know you don't have quite that you know dramatic whipsaw effect of the way people approach things. So, you know, I think that 2024 will be a, a decent year from that standpoint.
1: You know, um, I'm optimistic that now that we've shook shook out a lot of these top-heavy crypto exchanges. God, I was so tired of answering, which one do I use? I just use Coinbase. That's the one that I think is the safest. Um, That now that we've shaken out a lot of these guys, maybe there's a little more shakeout to come in the first quarter, but hopefully we'll get down to the nitty-gritty and actually see use cases and see the coins start to shake out. Get rid of some of this... uh, I think it's, John would put it, chafe, and uh, <clears throat> get to the reality of, of uh, what could be useful. Um, I also think it could be the year for identity, given the explosion of AI. Um, yeah. And I'm optimistic that identity is finally going to have a place, because I think you're going to have to do it with AI, particularly, you know, you saw the video I made, Glenn. It was crazy. I
2: think you're, you're, we're, we're, now we're kind of transitioning directly into predictions, which hopefully we'll all get together and do uh, at the very beginning of the year.
1: We will. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thank you, Glenn and Ann and John. Uh, I'm very excited about what's coming up for the next year. And if you want to find out how to contact all these fantastic resources that I get to work with on a regular basis on this podcast, go check out big-fintech.com. Thanks, everyone, and have a great new year.
0: Check back each week for the latest from the big cast, or better yet, we hope you'll consider subscribing for free via Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us at bigfintech, email info at big-fintech.com or visit us at big-fintech.com and click on the media tab, where you can post a comment or check out our archive of hundreds of past episodes. See you next week.